Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative processes, paths to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I am absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the short story collection, Woman Running Late in a Dress, and the YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. I'm also a professional book coach, and I am passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at dallaswoodburnauthor. Without further ado, let's dive into today's interview. Welcome to today's episode of Overflowing Bookshelves. Today, my guest is Rebecca Prenovost, and she's the author of the Mom Walks series. So far, three books are out, starting in fifth, Getting Crushed, and Catching Up. There is one more book coming in the series. Rebecca shares that never in a million years did she think she'd be a writer, but she was looking for fiction books that reflected her everyday struggles of parenting tween girls, and she couldn't find them. She wanted something light, heartwarming, and relatable. So she tried writing one and she had a blast. If you liked the Babysitter's Club books when you were younger and enjoyed Gilmore Girls not too long ago, her books could be perfect for you. It was really delightful to chat with Rebecca about her journey to becoming a writer when she never thought she would be and all of the books inside of her today. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, just a reminder that every episode we have bonus content. So you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Dallas Woodburn. And you can find um, bonus content. So Rebecca will share an excerpt from one of her books and also a writing prompt. Um, Would love to have your support. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. So um, here is today's episode. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Rebecca Prenovost. So nice to see you. It's nice to get to meet, like meet you um, after we've been corresponding for a while and after getting to read your books, like, it's just always so cool to meet an author after you've been able to be in the world of their writing. And like, I feel like I know you, even though it's fiction. Um, so I'm just so excited to chat with you today. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. I would just love to start off, Rebecca, by asking you a little bit about your journey as a writer. So I learned, you know, when I was reading your bio, um, that you never in a million years thought that you would become a writer, Um, but you did, you know, you've written these three books in the series so far, and I'm sure there are more books inside of you. If you wanted to just tell us a little bit about how these books came to be and how your writing journey began. Yeah. So my writing journey was definitely a fluke. I had been in research and data and analytics for almost 20 years and had just kind of gotten burned out and didn't really know what I wanted to do next. So I decided to take the summer and just kind of recalibrate and figure out what interested me again. And at the same time, my dad, my oldest daughter was around 10 and she and her friend had started this book club reading middle grade books. 
And I thought, I have time. I'll just read along with them and kind of have, you know, interesting conversations with her. And as soon as I started reading the books, it totally brought me back to, you know, when I was her age and the books that I used to love when I was growing up that were just, you know, Judy Bloom and Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley Twins and just how they were light and um, relatable and just sort of, you know, going through whatever the character was at that age, you were their age and sort of shared those same experiences and emotions. And I went looking for books like that, that were written more for moms from the mom point of view, because of those middle grade books that they were reading, they were written from the kid's perspective. And some of the stories, I just kept thinking, you know, what is their mom thinking? And so I wanted to find books that had that perspective. And I just couldn't really find what I was looking for. And I had a couple of writer friends and they, I don't know how the seed really got planted, but I had some time on my hands at that point and they were like, you know, encouraging me to try it. And so I just started writing. And at the same time, my younger daughter was um, going to PT. And so I was in the office, you know, waiting for her visits a couple of times a week, just sort of this dead time. And so mm-hmm. I started listening to writing podcasts and got, you know, audiobooks of craft and um, and so it took, I'd write, you know, about 500 to a thousand words a day. My kids would sleep in and I'm an early riser. So I just sort of crank out and the stories were super, you know, fun and it sort of flowed out of me relatively quickly. Um, and so after a few months, I sort of had a first draft and I showed it to a couple of very nice friends who told me, you know, join a critique group and take some <laughs> writing classes. And so I did, and I just kept chipping away at it, and it was just so much fun, and I just kept learning, and it was like this fun little puzzle to try and challenge myself to complete. And after a while, I found a developmental editor who was really helpful. She wasn't accredited at that time. She is now, so she kind of gave me a little discount, Um, but her feedback was just so helpful in making it an actual, you know, follow the right structure and stuff. And um, just kept working on it and gave it to my critique partners. And then um, I thought about traditionally publishing for a little bit, but I just knew my target audience was probably pretty small and my books were very light. And I didn't want a traditional publisher to make them more dramatic. I wanted them to stay light. And I just didn't know, you know, like if you wrote, wrote one book and it didn't sell well, if the traditional publisher would say, nope, you're done. And I just sort of had in my head what I wanted to do with this and um, no real pressure, like goals to be in a bookstore or anything like that. So I just did the self-publishing route and just had a blast. So I just keep writing. That's amazing. Well, I love um, all the advice that you've already given so far, you know, in your journey, as far as like making time to write and even just chipping away with like 500 words a day, a thousand words a day, listening to the audiobooks, listening to the craft talks, um, and then joining a critique group, like taking writing classes, hiring a developmental editor. I love the covers of your books. Like you have a fantastic cover designer. Everything is so like tied in together. I think you would see your books and you know, you wouldn't know, you would think, Oh, maybe these are traditionally published. Like they just look so professional. Um, but also knowing yourself and knowing like your goals for the books and knowing that you wanted to stay true to your vision for them. Um, I think that's also really important advice for writers to think about like what, what the books mean to you and kind of what your, your audience is, like you were saying, and kind of your why for writing them. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I've just had a blast. So that's made it very easy to keep wanting to work on it because it's just fun. Yeah. So when you started writing, Rebecca, did you know that it was going to become a series or were you thinking it was just going to start with one and then the characters, you know, kind of kept talking to you and it expanded as you were going? I think because I had so many ideas in my head of what could go in even the first book that it was sort of a tactic I used rather than cram everything in one to know that I could write another one later and save some of those ideas for that. And Mm -hmm. so it was probably, I mean, it wasn't that far into the first book that I thought I could have more than one book because I just had so many conversations that the characters could have and so many problems that the moms could run into. So it, it helped me narrow the focus of the first book for sure. Yeah. And that's a great, um, you know, that's a question that I get from a lot of writers who sometimes have so many ideas, you know, almost like overflowing ideas. Was there, I guess, how did you decide kind of where to begin or how did you, did you have any tools or strategies that you used to, um, to kind of keep your ideas organized or to realize, okay, I, you know, I just had this conversation with my friend that would be great for the book, but like maybe a future book, was there anything that you did sort of um, just craft wise to keep all of that organized? Yeah. So probably not craft wise, but I mean, just because I think I worked in research and data and analytics for so long, my brain definitely is sort of organized into rows and columns. (laughs) And so I track a lot in Excel, which seems bizarre for most writers. Um, But a lot of my chapters and scenes and even next books are rows and then things that I have as topics or character attributes or plot points are the columns. And by the time I finish a book, I usually have, you know, seven to 10 different Excel spreadsheets with all of the things that I've gone through in every layer and thought about and crossed out and whatever. So wow, I don't know how common that is. I think it's more of my background that makes me think like that, but it works really well for me. I love that. Well, and I love figuring out what works for you with your process and like leaning into that. I have a lot of writers who talk about being a plotter or a pantser. And I think um, it's figuring out what works best for you and just like going all in with that. So it sounds like you're a big plotter, like a big outliner. Did you have a whole outline before you started drafting? No. And I mean, I definitely would consider myself an outliner, but it's very skeleton. Like Mm -hmm. usually I start with the four main sections of the book. I do sort of a four- I don't know, category arc or whatever, instead of the three act arc, mine's more four. Um, And so I kind of have an idea of what I want in each of those four parts and then sort of the inciting incident, maybe the climax, Mm -hmm. but then it sort of kind of develops itself as I write. Um, So it's very loose, but I do start to track everything and sort of figure out where I am in the book and what's supposed to happen sort of around that time. Yeah, I love that. It's like you have the flexibility, but also the structure that's able to build on the book. Could you talk a little bit? So with writing a series, um, have your characters, like, like how have your characters developed over the course of the series as you've gotten to know them better as a writer and as the reader gets to know them better? Like I've heard a lot of authors talk about how sometimes the second book in a series can be a little bit tricky because it's like, you're through the first book, you're almost like in the middle of the trilogy. Um, Do you want to just talk a little bit about character development and how um, the writing process or how your characters have changed as you've you've gone along this this series? 
Yeah, that was definitely interesting and something I probably should have thought of sooner, <laughs> but it just sort of fell into place. The The main arc that goes across the four books is what the mom learns about herself as she sort of goes through these parenting struggles. And so the first book, she learns basically she can't micromanage everything. She needs to let go more. And that's sort of her lesson in that book. Um, In the second book, it's sort of like she takes that lesson, but she almost takes it too far. Mm -hmm. And so her daughter gets into some trouble and she's still backing away, thinking that's maybe what she's supposed to be doing. But it's this time it's sort of hurting her daughter. And so at the end of that book, she realizes, you know, it's more of this balance. Yes, there are things that you want to help your kid with, but then there are some things you should let go. And then the third book, which is about materialism and authenticity, it's more like you do that balance, but then you also have to be a good role model. And then the fourth book is sort of expanding on that, but more in a, you know, not always a good role model, but also model failure. And so that's sort of the whole arc across the four books, but then each of the books kind of has a different topic, you know, the mean girl drama, the crushes, Mm -hmm. uh, materialism. And then the fourth book is about um, cell phone and social media. That's so fascinating. I love that. And I love how, as you were saying at the beginning, you're taking these issues that we see explored a lot in middle grade fiction or young adult fiction but I don't see them as much in fiction for adults. And so I love how as a mom myself, I only have a two-year-old, but I know I'm going to blink and she's going to be a tween. (laughs) Um, I just think that it almost makes me think of um, just like, it's like you're expanding the community of motherhood and other moms, you know, a mom could read your book and just really feel supported by you and by your characters, which I just think is so beautiful. Yeah. And I think what I've realized too, at this age of parenting and my kids' ages, a lot of parents don't have, you lose the comfort of talking about your parenting struggles because you don't want to violate your kids' privacy. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes when you read about stories in a book and you talk about these hypothetical characters, you're not ruining that relationship with your kids or exposing something about them that they may be embarrassed by, or they may not want you to talk about. But if you say to your friend, hey, I read this or I listened to it on podcast and it's not like, oh, my specific information, you're outing it. It's more keeping it hypothetical and easier to chit chat about, especially with parents you don't have a you know real close relationship with. That's such a great point. Yeah. With my daughter, I'm at the age where I share all about her, but she's two and she doesn't, <laughs> she's not embarrassed by yeah. these stories. So that is such a difference. Do you, um, do you do any visits to book clubs or like, you know, interact with other, you know, what feedback have you gotten from moms who who have read your books? I mean, so I've met different um, bookstagrammers and if they're moms and they have kids around this age, I've heard that they're very relatable, Mm -hmm. but if they are not moms or they don't have kids around this age, I, I don't think they're the perfect match. And I think, you know, my books are very light. So even if you're a mom and you have kids this age, if you don't like light books, if you're more into thrillers or suspense or, you know, fantasy, you're not going to enjoy my books. They're very light. It's almost like middle grade for moms. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know how big my audience is. It could be very narrow, um, but I just really enjoy writing them. And um, they were the kind of books that I was looking for. So maybe there's some other moms out there that are looking for these same types of books. 
Yes, definitely. And I think that's great advice to think about like, what book do you most want to read that's that you're not finding and like write that book for yourself. Um, and then to lean into whatever that specific audience is um, and not worry about those other people who who aren't your ideal reader, but to think about your ideal reader. And also some people like to mix it up. So maybe they read a thriller and then they want something lighter to kind of like decompress <laughs> from the yeah. thriller. I personally, I, I noticed on your website, you um, named like two of my favorites. So Babysitter's Club series. I also was a big fan um, growing up. And then also Gilmore Girls. Um, you know, you were saying if you're a fan of Gilmore Girls or Babysitter's Club, you know, this might be the series for you. And I definitely res, you know, I love both of those. Um, and I really enjoyed your books too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Could you talk? call my books, the babysitter's club for moms, because the moms <laughs> do kind of get together, you know, regularly and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, chit chat about their kids' problems and give each other advice and encouragement. And so it's that sort of regular meetup point where they, they connect and, um, then they take, take those learnings and try and apply them to their life. Yes. Yes, I love that. And um, giving your characters, I think having that kind of um, that routine, you know, throughout the characters' lives, it, it creates a nice like cadence for the book. Um, you know, that we kind of know they're going to be having these these meetups. Could you talk a little bit about? You mentioned having a developmental editor and kind of going through the editing phase, which I think for for some of us as writers can be a really challenging phase. It has its own. It's like it's it's so different from just the first draft. Um, and it has its own like joys and also struggles. Like, were there any big changes that you made to the books or do you want to kind of talk about what the editing process was like for you? I think the editing process to me was just, I was so excited about it because I knew I wasn't a good writer, you know, yet at that stage. And so I just wanted as much help as I could and as much advice as they could offer. So I was just like devouring any advice that she would tell me. And, um, I don't know. I don't see any downsides. The I was super intrigued by people who were moms that read, you know, even my critique partners or my developmental editor is a mom too. And so sometimes it was interesting when they would disagree with how a character is parenting rather mm. than giving me an edit that would be, you know, well, that's her character. She's not as feisty or she's more, you know, non-confrontational or whatever. She wouldn't do that. But as a parenting style, they would say, well, why isn't she speaking up or what, you know? So it was just sort of interesting um, pulling that apart. And, mm-hmm. but now my developmental editor has stayed with me through all four books. And um, now she knows the characters and she's, you know, she's way better at um, just letting them act the way they act, even though it might not be the best parenting advice. Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. I hadn't thought of that before with sort of the the layers of your book with it, with it being about parenting and about its fiction. Um, but that's so interesting to have, um, critiques that weren't necessarily about the writing itself, but more about what the character is deciding to do or to not Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Well, um, what's your biggest advice for other people listening who have a book inside of them, even if maybe they've never thought of themselves as a writer before, um, maybe you just want to get started or maybe they're like in the middle of trying to write a book. Like, do you maybe looking back your own journey to when you were first beginning? Um, what, what advice do you have to share for other writers who might be listening? Yeah, it's super hard for me to give advice because I'm so new at this, but the only thing that I really 
am so glad about it is how much I've enjoyed this. And I was listening to a podcast a while ago and basically they said, you know, sort of put an image in your head of where your book is right now or where your story or where your idea is. And then sort of put another picture in your head of where you want it to be and look at that space and what you're going to have to do to get it there. And if you're not going to enjoy that, you need to rethink what you're doing. And so I think that's just sort of what I would hope every author or writer can do is just enjoy that space. I love that. That's the perfect place to end um, that idea about enjoying the journey. And um, I just love the joy that you find in your writing process and in your book just really comes through talking with you. And it's so inspiring. Um, like you said, I hope that all of us can find that creative joy. So everyone can can see you know, how to find you on Instagram. Do you want to share any other um, places for listeners or watchers um, to be able to connect with you and to find your books? Yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram and in my bio on my Instagram page um, is a link to my website and that has my other links to my books or um, I do a a parenting newsletter where it has some resources um, about four times a year. I send that out. So if they're interested in that, they can find that there. Fantastic. And we're going to, after we stop this Instagram live, um, we're going to hop on Zoom and Rebecca and I are going to record just a little bonus for podcast listeners where she's going to read an excerpt from um, one of her books and give a little writing exercise. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Dallas Woodburn and you can have access to all of the extra bonus content. And thank you all so much for joining us live. Um, This episode will be released in the podcast um, in a few weeks. You can come back and listen to it again there. (laughs) Thanks so much, Rebecca. It was so great to chat with you. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading. Thank you.